0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Spodcast. Again. Not really sure what we're going to call this. We're kind of doing a... Like a live show version of this now. There's going to be gameplay in the background. Um... It's kind of our solution to a lot of the problems we had with the old Spodcast format. Um, with me here is Chris and Alex. Hello. Hi. Uh, so we we kind of just stopped doing Spodcasts for a while because we kind of like, for, for two real reasons. One, um, they were like kind of actually a big editing headache, like it took me longer to do a podcast than it did to do a week of spoiler warning stuff usually um and the other one is that like we were just weren't like liking like the last 10 episodes or so of the podcast we just did not really go the way we were hoping so um forgot to start the recording so we'll do that now um so the the like we we would just like kind of not be playing the same games and not have a lot of news to talk about and the podcasts we just would just kind of turn into this um like very boring set of monologues with very little um back and forth. Um so our solution to this is we we played those side quest streams in uh with Horizon Zero Dawn, which were predominantly not talking about Horizon Zero Dawn. We were talking about like the childhood of Jesus and how to identify a real authentic Kermit. Um and we thought like that's that kind of a awesome. cool format. Yeah, we had a lot of fun I, I stand doing that, so we debate kind of Kermit do that now.
1: The great Kermit debates of 2019 are still not over.
0: <laughs> was that in I definitely did, did some that? research.
2: Oh, yeah, it was definitely 2019. <laughs> I did some research after the fact because I was embarrassed about how inaccurate my guesses were. I should know better. I mean, better. like, you
0: were in good company, like, with everybody else. <laughs> Uh, so, basically we have two kind of big topics we want to touch on. First is Alex went to, um, PAX East, uh, and has war stories to tell.
2: Oh then we my want to God. talk
0: about, um, the game that's kind of running in the background here, uh, that, uh, there's been some interesting stuff coming out, out about this game in the past, uh, couple days. So, why don't we go ahead and, uh, jump into your, uh... Your packed experience, story t- Alex. Yeah.
2: Um. Well, I can give you like the 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 version that's like it was great and it was fun and that was very that and I'm glad I went. So getting that getting out of the way. Oh. Well, <laughs> oh, I just realized no, no, no. I,
0: I hadn't even actually. Oh, they think I'm quiet or anything like that.
2: They're saying I'm quiet, too. I don't want to tell a story if they can't hear me. Well, let me turn you up a bit.
0: Where, where did I put my volume mixer? Where are you? Come back. Okay, we'll bring Ventral up a little bit. Um, okay, try now.
2: Hello, testing. Testing, volume. Does that sound good.
0: So, you, you went to... Um, Pax East, and you had yes. a time.
2: I had a time, and uh, like it was a lot worse than I thought it was going to be. Mostly because this is an event that gets sold out year after year, and it's impossible to get tickets. And the only reason I got tickets was just by sheer chance of me seeing the tweet early enough on Twitter. And getting in the queue fast enough to buying the tickets. And even then, I only got Saturday and Sunday tickets. Um, So I was not able to get Thursday or Friday tickets, which worked out fine for purposes of the trip. Although, it is very clear that Friday Friday and Saturday are the like... Big days, and so I missed out on like a, quite a few big things just because I wasn't there. So like the gearbox panel, which I didn't really care about anyways, um, and <laughs> oh, man. Uh, like I don't really give a shit. And that's partly why, like, why I didn't enjoy the event because I don't care because I'm not like frothing at the mouth that like I need to play every game demo and I need to see everything early before the game comes out or in some cases like games that were already out like there is a whole kingdom hearts 3 booth and that lineup was just ginormous and the game's out already so i don't know it's like a whole lot of fuss and a whole lot of muss about like things that um i felt like i just wish i cared more about but it was cool seeing a lot of the smaller indie games like obviously that's where like the big draw is um and that's where you see the coolest stuff really there was a really creepy facebook gaming booth which uh mega 64 joked about on their panel as being like (laughs) an art an art installation where they lock you in like this cube and like steal all your information um but it's, like, it, oh. they just had, like, VR cubes. And I was frightened by that because not only would I never do VR in front of a big crowd of people um, based on my bad experiences in VR, and and secondly, I don't want to be locked in a cube with anything Facebook-related. Like, I think that's just for too much. I'm not. I'm yeah. not claustrophobic. I just don't want to be near that. And the same with the Army booth. They had, like, the the american army was there and they had their like phone charging stations i'm like no no. (laughs) and like they didn't they didn't even try with me because like obviously i'm i'm not american so they can't get me anyways but um just
0: like wearing a canadian flag shirt the whole time
2: oh i should have leave me alone americans the army people are always at these gaming things and it's just like really creepy and i hate it um, but I saw the Waypoint panel. I was in line. I got really, I got in the front row to the Waypoint panel, which was awesome, because it was very theatrical, and pa- Patrick was dancing around in his Sora cosplay, <laughs> and it was a real hoot. Um, but then I felt like I was like, okay, I had, um, I haven't ever met Austin Walker in person, but we've like, we've talked over the years um you know we are mutual path... followers on twitter yeah like, you, you like we are our, our paths intersect. yeah yeah um so like i didn't know if he knew who i was or if he saw me just sitting in the front lo- row looking like an idiot um <laughs> and then i went up to him after I'm like hi oh my god like so nice to finally meet you and like he was just like oh hey yeah and like i thought maybe he was playing it off like he didn't know who i how i was who I was, you know, where, like, you go, oh, yeah, like, right, yeah, I know who yeah. you are.
0: Oh, someone, someone <laughs> recognizes you, and you're like, oh, yeah, so, you.
2: I'm like, well, that was great. I Bye. I just, like, walked away, because, um, like, he was going to get swarmed in any second. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, my God, I didn't know who I was. But we actually, I, we damned after, and he was like, oh, like, it was okay. But I was really freaked out that I was, like, some weird Crazy person walking up to Austin awesome Walker, but it was cool finally meeting him. Um, yeah. And the same with Mega64. I really like them. Uh, and they were really cool, and their panel was really awesome. And they had. Sh- they didn't show this on stream. They had a lot of it unstreamed because it was material that they could potentially get in trouble with. Um, they had like some delete, an unseen footage that they did with Reggie when they worked on the e3 promo in 2015 and so they had some like cool little snippets of stuff nintendo and um ended up canning from the final presentation no (laughs) no do do we have audio
0: evidence of reggie saying a swear
2: no no he would never but he does break a ds which is apparently like (laughs) yeah oh no
0: i I can imagine he was cool with it
2: they were, well, the, yeah, well, they the were high, upset. The big even by... in Japan
0: would be like, no, 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 hang on. You can't do that.
2: They were even, a, like, there's a scene where um, Reggie's, like, training for the Nintendo World thing. And he's on the, he's playing track and field with the mat. And then he gets down on his hands and knees and uses his hands like the bongos, like, to, to cheat. You know, like, when you <laughs> press your hands on the pad. <laughs> so appar- apparently Nintendo Japan didn't like that because they thought that he was beating up Nintendo equipment and he was just being cruel. And they're like, why is he like harming our product? And they're like, no, no, no. It's like Americans are lazy and they cheat at this stuff. You may have tried like to actually run, but Americans are too lazy and that's a cheat thing. And they're like, oh, okay. So like they're very snippety about some things, but they were very—they were almost like
0: a Disney sort of uh, desire to protect their you know IP and not do anything that could be potentially brand damaging. You know like
2: oh yeah, and everything was like approved and seen by Iwata himself. Like it went straight to the top. Every stupid Mega sixty four video or like they collaborated with Miyamoto or whatever. Okay, (laughs) so he's seen all those.
1: I don't want to interrupt, but I just I, I want to point out that we're choosing our voice now. Oh, Josh, we Josh has already passed it. Never... Yeah. Oh,
2: I've yeah. seen I, it on the stream. It, <laughs> stream it, in,
1: in Anthem. That's how you choose your gender. And there's only a one male and one female voice. And you don't know that you're picking gender. You're just picking voice. But but that's how it does. Oh that.
2: no, that's I just now noticed that we were playing
1: Anthem.
3: I just now <laughs> noticed that we were playing a video game. <laughs>
2: Sorry I ramble on and on. But but my no, point no, let's, is that back to I pa- mean
0: that's the point of this. Yeah, let's let's oh, go back to yes. that. I just that I'm one thing to bothers me about Anthem.
2: No, it's good that you pointed it out for, because for those I'm...
0: of you following along on the audio only version, I'm sure this is playing really well.
2: Yeah, so that was really cool. But the like I've been to a lot of cons. I've been to uh TwitchCon, I've been to Fan Expo, which is basically like Canadian comic con probably about like five or six times anime north which is like it's an anime convention in toronto and i've been to that a few times and that's more of like a fan run convention so i've been i've seen like the big and the small and this is the first the a the con that has had the biggest gender disparity um i've ever seen Even like old, like back in the day when I used to go to Fan Expo and there was like it was it was not as big as it was today, um, as it is today. Like it was just full of dudes, so many dudes and rude people, people that irritated me. And I yelled at a kid, and I like it got to that point. And I don't like to talk to people I don't know. And I like oh, well, cussed this kid out, Jesus. this other person I like, <laughs> I gave a death stare at, and he looked me in the eye, and then I won the staring contest because he looked down and started playing with his Switch, because he literally walked in front of me in a line. There was a line to get into the panel, we're all in an orderly thing, and these dudes just walk literally in front of me, like cut the line, and then just start whipping out their Switches and playing like like they didn't do anything. And I'm like, who yeah, does
0: that? I, I almost wonder obvious. if PAX has gotten worse over the past, like, four or five years, because I was there in 2013 at PAX East, that, at that convention center, I think, like, unless they've changed it, you know? Um, oh, wait,
2: no, it's the, It's probably the same, and, I would think.
0: I I don't, like, specifically remember rude people, except that, like, there were, you know, kind of people you don't actually want to be
2: hanging around. Um... So do you want to hear? Okay. So people are making fun of me because I cussed the kid out, but I didn't swear. That's why I said cuss because it was just a stern. It was like a more of a stern sass. Okay. Basically what happened is I was getting lobster roll because I'm like, I'm going to do something Boston here. And it's a small, it was a small little place. And uh, so it was really cramped and whatever. And I was uh, like paying and I was, my big butt is next to the, the drink fridge. And I realized that. And so this kid's like, oh, like, can I grab a drink? And I'm like, he just stands there and stares at me for a bit. Like, I'm assuming he wants to to ask me, but he doesn't ask me right away. So I'm like, oh, this kid's hovering. And then so I move, like, get get him. He goes in the fridge, walks out. And then I go back to the desk, back to position. And then he goes back. He's like hovering. He's like going back in for for another and i'm and he's like can i just get and i'm like and so i turn to him and i say no you can wait and then i turn around and like of course he's sitting next to me like at the table like that's where him and his but it's okay because i'm more scary because i think i'm way i was way older than this kid so i yelled at that (laughs) kid And then there was another uh, couple that butted in line. Like, you know, as people walk in line and then you just have people walk up the side and then cut back in, like cutting in front, like, but you're walking with through the crowd to pretend like you're up front. You know what I mean? Like when you're like, oh, yeah, I'm with people. So like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like they did that. And then I like waved my arms around like can you guys see this? But like a nonverbal version of that. And then the girl behind me was like, okay, so it wasn't just me. I'm like, yeah, like what the fuck? And like, they just don't give a fuck. They're just still walking. Like, I'm like, Jesus. How ah, much of this is PAX?
1: And how much of this is Boston? Uh, I've never been to Boston. We're just Americans.
2: Um, I-, I, I probably a lot of it is Americans because like, like there are so many people talking in elevators too. And I'm just like, that just doesn't happen in Canada. I don't think. Not as See, much.
0: I don't feel like that happens here all that often either. Like, unless it's like a party that's already in the elevator and, and they're having a conversation between themselves and oh, they walk I in
1: thought you mean, meant like a literal party. Like, you walk in and there's <laughs> confetti. <laughs> <blue> <laughs> <in> <laughs> the elevator. Well, Let's I
2: mean, in, in Vegas. Elevator. In Vegas, there must be. There must be bars in elevators at Vegas. Must be. I wonder if... Uh, yeah, how and how then I, I had to... There was in someone um, at the elevator that almost spoiled Kingdom Hearts 3 and I was like, Stop it! Shut up!" <laughs> No. It's like stop talking.
1: It's only been, like I, I, like, two I don't want to confront these
2: people, but like it's they're like oh like I'm like yeah you just stop. I'm so grumpy all the time, and then I just ran into things to do because like I wasn't interested in most of the stuff on the show floor, and so like I ended up probably eating and drinking at restaurants more than actually at the con, which is fine, but. Well, I mean,
1: eating at the con can't be good, right? It's it's convention food, right? Like
2: oh no, it was amazing. No, that's why I went out really? because I I looked. Oh. Well, the food the food looked pretty good. The food outside in the immediate area was also good, which is not always the case in some like convention center areas. Uh, I had Shake Shack twice in one day, which I was very happy about because <laughs> uh, that's, that's like a luxury. That's like. What do you mean that's lame? We don't have any of that. No, stuff. I said no, no.
3: I, I said that's living. I said that's living. Oh, that's
2: li- <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm like, don't even start with me. In You're in and out, like elitism. We don't even have a choice. We don't get either or. <laughs> Never mind in and out. It's like <laughs> see you later. Um, so we don't have any of that. So that's really novel for me. And then the um, the seafood was really nice too. So I had a lot of good food. You kind but of, I saw the. You would I hope checked that the Boston prices. has good seafood oh yeah it was very good i had to like yelling at that kid i didn't care afterwards because i was eating that lobster roll and fuck him um so that was good and one, the last thing i'll say is that um shit i forgot it <laughs> no okay no what uh, was I the just... thing we were saying before
0: uh gender disparity and if it got worse
2: no 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 um uh Something about Boston and eating and drinking, I don't remember.
3: Well, While while you're figuring that out, uh, I just want to say real quick that uh, I'm currently on minute 15 of trying to create an Epic Games account so that I can get The Witness for free, and (laughs) I started by putting in a Gmail account, and then it said, all right, now put in your password, and I put it in, and it said, that's the wrong password, and I'm like, well, that's interesting. I hadn't actually sent one yet. Uh, I thought that's what I was doing now, but fine, uh, no. let's reset the password. We're sending you a password reset link. They haven't sent it. So, uh this is Sweet. an interesting game of chess. I...
0: I'm really interested to see how it progresses. I feel like exactly the same thing happened to me when I tried to activate my Epic Store account and, or well, the Epic account that I already had because of uh, Fortnite and I had to like go and reset the password and stuff and like it just it took like f- an
1: hour to get the damn thing. I don't know why this same mechanic works better in Destiny. I really don't. And I, I, I do. It's because the 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 it feels better to do this in Destiny. Like if you're gonna do a monotonous stand by a thing and shoot things task. Sorry, I'm watching the stream, so I'm just yeah getting angry so at Anthem if, all over. If if
0: you're not paying attention to the video right now, I am defending a an a big MacGuffin object while enemies attack.
1: While well, while somebody else hacks it. Because that's that's
0: yeah, that's, which but this is wow, not destiny. That a really big uh, advancement on the destiny storytelling formula. Yes, sir. <sighs> All right, well, this this is later. Let's go back to packs because this this will get its due eventually. Oh, also, um, Rutskarn wandered in about like five minutes after the
1: the stream started, so everyone say uh, hi to Rutskarn. Hello,
2: Rutskarn. Rutskar. Yes, hi I, Rutskarn I came in off
1: My ship. And, and congratulations on on the success so far with the the Kickstarter. Thank you, yes, I'm really What's happy it up to right
3: now uh last I checked it was like three thousand eight hundred something. Let me see. you got a lot of writing to do.
1: I have a goal <laughs> of like seven hundred and fifty
0: dollars right i'm yeah, I'm already
3: working on it uh believe believe me i've actually uh so the current stretch goal so real quick uh it's deniable assets, the cyber corporate villain r p g uh and it's a game about playing, like, the sort of the asshole villains of cyberpunk games and movies, like the the suits in RoboCop. And your character just, like, always ends up in a bad fate in this game. Like, the best possible thing that can happen is you get really lucky at the end of your career and make it to a seat on the board, in which case you become a villain. Like, you become sort of just, like, an NPC villain. And even that's implied, like, not actually to be, like, a very happy lifestyle. It's just kind of like you become this ageless ghoul
0: that only cares about stockholder incentives. I, th- anyway, I think the way you put it is um, you are not your character, you are driving your character. Yes, your your character's witness and enabler.
3: Uh, you You allow your character's ambitions and vices and kind of weaknesses to push them into desperate and terrible situations for you and the rest of the group to enjoy. Uh, and it's it's powered by the Apocalypse game, so that's that's kind of a game system that works really well for this sort of thing. Anyway, uh, so today's stretch goal, the one we're working on, is the Butcher's Rolodex, which is like an NPC compendium. And I actually made like 50 NPCs today, like just to sort of oh, get cool. under with that one. Sirius yeah, Rand says, uh, "What's the saying? Play your character like you're driving a stolen car." Yeah, that's that's basically it. Play your character <laughs> like you're driving a hot rod that's a company lease. Fact, so, was the
0: there anything else? The hot, the fast land. So, was there anything else we want to talk about with um, with packs? Or are we have we explored that topic enough? Like, I'm. I wish I, I would. I my would pay note to. Better.
2: I will pay note to some like games to keep an eye out for that, like sure. this crowd would be interested in. Um, oh yeah. So there's one game called Oh my god, now I'm not gonna remember the names. Um, night, something.
0: Like night is in a guy in male. N i g h t. Or... Okay. So the time.
2: Uh, let me just, I was just, oh, Night Call. And it's on, um, it has a Steam page. That's why I was able to look it up. And it's basically a murder mystery noir, um, in your, in in Paris, France. And you play a Muslim taxi driver. And so your investigation is all done through, um... Like driving around talking and talking to yeah, talking to people and getting information or like, like sometimes you get people, sometimes you just get like people telling a story. So it's 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 very much like a novel. It's very much like a visual novel, and it's um, cool. pretty substantial. So- and it, yeah, it's got like all the the little charms and and flares of uh, that kind of like I'm- old school black and white. Yeah, but.
1: I'm looking at the the website for it, and this does look really amazing. But I, this is going to sound terrible, but I, I cannot stop comparing it to that Russian game we played a, a while back—the one where you're a cop the... and it's all overwritten, oh, and you, you're man. a taxi driver <laughs> and you drive around to solve mysteries. <laughs> this sounds like a game. good version of that idea.
0: I mean, like I feel like that game was Sorry. kind
1: of a good version
0: of that idea, but like the translation was just ridiculous. <laughs> Sorry, I, I did not remember derail. if I going was. The,
2: no, no, it was I? I don't even remember that. Maybe I was. It there. was
0: like an isometric game
1: that looked. You but know, you did first-person like... taxi driving, and it was weird. Yeah. Uh, I, I,
2: this was... is more just like a like it's mostly text. And what was really funny is you'd see people playing the demo and whatever, and it they would just click through all the dialogue and not read any of it. And I'm like, you're. Not gonna get anywhere because this is the game, and you're not reading it. (laughs) Um, But there is choices to be made, but but it's kind of not the point.
3: Yeah, it looks like a really cool. Conventions are sometimes hard to watch.
2: Yeah, I mean everyone everyone had their own style. It seemed their style of playing or what they were really focusing on. It was strange. I have like
3: from uh, developing unrest. I have a convention story that I like to share. I think I've probably shared it on this show a few times before. It's pretty short, but, uh, it's from, so Unrest is the game we made, um, years ago, and it's like, you know, it's very much this game about weighing these weird, open-ended moral questions in, like, a city that's undergoing a crisis, so there's, like, one character who, her whole deal is that, uh, she, her her parents have arranged, arranged her a marriage with, uh, sort of a merchant class family that's higher class, which would be kind of, a, in theory, a secure move uh, to give them some upward mobility in the hard times that are to come. But also, she really can't stand the guy, and he can't stand her. And his family has, like, a lot of sort of uh, generational problems that are passed down that she could kind of observe by talking to them. And so this character is—so this guy is playing through her chapter just silently— just like w- like going through all these dialogue choices, and he comes to his first like real choice that comes through in the dialogue, and he stares at it, and it's like the question where his mother is asking you to like accept sort of the the path the path they've laid out is the most matured sensible one, and he looks at it, and then he turns to Arvind, the developer, and he says, "Uh, these all look good to me. Uh, can you just tell me which one's Paragon?"
0: <laughs> oh <Come> on.
3: man,
1: <laughs> this literally happened. <laughs> That's exactly what he said. Like, was it sarcastic or or is it just the expectation? No, no, he was completely earnest. Um, Oh, jeez. Moral moral choice systems in video games, man, they're the worst. Anyway, sorry, Alex. I I think I think I've completely derailed. No,
2: keep derailing. I I have. uh, I looked up the name of the next one I wanted to mention in the meantime. Um so I got to play this one. Uh it's called Warsaw and it's um Is that an basically No. <laughs> <laughs> you got your oh, Warsaw so much... now?
3: Apologies <laughs> to all Polish viewers.
2: It's a Polish game uh and it it's based on the um it's based on the Polish um rebellion during World War 2 and it's basically like um it's like a bit of uh over the top strategy uh, um over the top- yeah like overhead strategy with the combat mechanics of like darkest dungeon, so it's like building on that hmm. kind of like um it's a little bit different there's like there's like a few differences, but it really plays on that like same mechanic of like disparity and and like struggle because like this is very good this is going to be pretty close to um like capturing what that battle was actually like and it was bad and not like it didn't turn out great for the polish people so uh they're pretty invested in keeping that keeping that the forefront and like there's you're killing nazis and like it's very forward about that so, yeah. always a
0: good action to take. Yeah,
2: that so sounds... that's really interesting. Yeah, that sounds interesting. I, I I'd
1: probably want to check that out.
2: Um there's another one that there was two games that were pretty similar. One is called Struggle and the other one was called like Doggo or Do- Dog <laughs> Zero or something like that. <laughs> Oh, I don't remember. Um, but they're like basically t- what? I'm
0: sorry to interrupt, Alex, but Anthem just cracked a desktop for no reason.
1: Oh good. yeah oh, um, no. They were, they were saying that Rutgran needs to be turned up a bit, so maybe this is a good time to do that. Alright. How's this?
0: <coughs> oh no. Oh, I think I made you too loud.
2: Just oh, as you no. coughed too in loud? the mic too.
3: Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, i a little sick this week. <laughs> so I was, I may have had to drive um, 19 hours uh, across the United States with a cold.
0: Oh, man. I did a five-hour drive back from LA well, really sick, and it was terrible.
3: Uh, you know, I, I would recommend it. You know what the worst part was? The only solid meal we had during the entire two-day excursion was at a Sizzler.
1: Really? that That's... you. Okay, I'm not going to judge, but that's just... Wow.
3: We were in Arizona, like, in kind of a, a random place that was cheap to get motels, and it was down to a Sizzler or, like, a variety of extremely inauspicious fast food
1: options. I mean, there's there's like a there's they got to have cracker barrels out west. Do they not have cracker barrels in the west? Uh, they don't have
3: many cracker barrels out this far west. Um they did not have any near there, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, I actually can't remember the last time I saw a cracker barrel. It was probably when I lived in
1: Pennsylvania. <laughs> that's that's weird because they're like a roadside staple all up and down the east coast. Yeah, well, I know. Basically
3: they got them as far as the Midwest. Um like they got them in Texas, I think. Maybe not a lot of them. But they got some
1: we, we just went from like 48 viewers to 42 viewers when I brought up uh, <laughs> freaking Cracker Barrel. So, god damn it, Chris! I think I'll refrain from bringing up any topics from now. Uh,
3: there's there's a college Hoover video like which is about a guy getting angry that everyone feels op- obliged to shit on New York, and it contains the line from the New Yorker, "Buddy, I got museums on my black block, like you've got Cracker Barrels on your interstate." And that's wow. that's pretty good.
1: So this is where it became apparent to me that I had already chosen my gender. Does character creation in Anthem even do anything? When when there is a way to walk around in the I believe the city without your helmet on, or a way to turn it off in like the victory menus or something.
2: Oh, so you actually never just see your character's face? No. Like normally?
1: It's always it's always there, in first there... person. And there's no social spaces. Like, if you are in the city, you are alone. So it's not like you can show off your awesome rig in the city chilling. You can only show off your awesome rig while you're on a mission, going walking to the next endpoint.
0: I think I read that they actually, they in a patch they added a little social area where you can interact with your party members before uh, being out on a mission. But I don't know. Oh boy, more menus and load
1: screens. Anyway, Sorry, I... um... it's it's,
3: it, it's sort of weird, like so I, I tried Fallout 4 VR I, I actually didn't stick with it I might try it again later but um, I got to character creation and it immediately started visually bugging but that's not my point um, <laughs> which is like I they they had like four different character options per gender to choose from and I was like flicking through them and I got really like kind of annoyed like what I can't customize it like why not I did the same thing
0: like I think yeah, that happened it, on the the stream that we did it was like me getting annoyed then, by the character creation.
3: And then it occurred to me like why the fuck would I need to like customize my character? When am I going to see it? Exactly. I if anyone's interested the tipping point that got me to stop playing Fallout 4 VR was getting depressed in Garvey. And realizing that uh immersively standing on my actual two feet <laughs> listening to Bethesda NPCs drone through their dialogue was not going to be a
0: fun time. Something that's weird for me about VR is um when I'm in the moment, like wearing the VR headset, it's like, wow, this is really crazy. But every time I think back and recall times that I'm in VR, it doesn't like feel in my head any different than like just playing a game yeah. like this. Yeah, it's I, weird. I know what you it's mean. It's very strange. Yeah, I don't understand why that like happens. But it's like I can recall VR games that I played and then like the recollection is like, "Oh, I could have just done that on a normal monitor." I don't aside from like the motion control stuff, you know.
1: So, this scene's not bad. I mean, he, this character Owen is a little over the top, but I don't mind the cutscene. It's sort of like if you think if you think about it like you compare it to like a movie.
3: When you think about watching a movie, you know, you don't think about like, oh yeah, and then Captain uh grabbed the helicopter as it was going off and his muscles strained centrally through the gray t-shirt and also uh my foot was in a puddle of mountain dew and the screen was kind of ripped slightly in the bottom left corner. Like you you forget the details that don't belong in the context of the media because they're kind of incidental. Yeah.
0: To illustrate what Chris was talking about, we're in a cutscene um, where we're meeting our companion character dude, our control dude. Our, not ghost. Yeah, and, and you know, the animations of this game are, like, really good, which I guess was something that they kind of... <laughs> I'm not sure it learned from Andromeda is the correct word, or the correct turn of phrase there, but, you know, definitely tried to improve on um, I, yeah, I apologize for like narrating this stuff, but like, I do intend to put up a, an audio only version of this at some point, And I'm not totally sure whether I'm going to just cut parts where we're talking about the game that's going on or just leave them in and try to like, you know, give a general context for people only listening to it. But there's a lot of people who like to listen to this podcast without the video. So, um, so Alex, did anyway, you have any
2: other games? um, yeah. Oh yeah, the dog game and it and one called Struggle, which they're both basically like two player Octodad, where you're working co op to try and move a singular thing. In this, in one case, it's like a wiener dog with two heads on either end of it, and then in Struggle, <laughs> it's uh, it's like Austin Walker described it as meat wad with arms, fleshy arms.
3: I'm really glad that this game took up the name Struggle, because it sounds really interesting before uh, yeah, Ed and Emily got snapped up by, like, the 50th generation of, like, annualized first-person shooters. Just, like, we've run out of every other name for a conflict. Struggle. It's just
0: they start going alphabetically through the th- thesaurus.
2: Well, and this, the Struggle is um, 2D. It's like a 2D platformer, yeah. and the dog one is a 3D. Uh so there are two different experiences and those just look like fun coach co-op games which in my opinion can never have enough of. I didn't play any of the VR stuff cuz like I said I don't want to wait that long in a line I and I don't wanna... want
0: to play VR at a con like I it's so I have embarrassing a myself and like the how fast that headset gets dirty is like you know no I don't I don't want to put on one that's been worn by like 70 people before me
2: <laughs> Ooh, i also got to check out uh christine loves new game the lesbian road trip rpg oh yeah they- i've been
3: lesbian road trip rpg Twitter.
0: is a strong brand
2: oh and it's very good like it upholds that absolutely and uh so i got to say hi to her and i also um had communicated with her a little bit when I was on first person scholar. So again, it was cool to see her and I unfortunately didn't get to actually play it, but I got to watch people play it because the booths were pretty busy. Uh, so I didn't want to wait too long or like hover over people. And I'm like, it's I'll, I'm definitely going to play it when it comes out. So
0: Yeah. So is that about uh, all we have to say about PAX? Is there anything else you'd like to bring up?
2: um the brewery someone asked about the breweries and um they were good but they ran out of beer and also like in (laughs) boston and maybe you can clarify this for me if this is a case in other places in the states but many of the bars did not have any prices on their beer menus because when i asked because he just hands me a menu with a list of beers but no prices and i'm like well there's gonna be a variance here and it's like a brewery, so who knows what their prices are. So I'm like, What are the prices? And he's like, Oh, they're uh about like nine or average nine dollars. And I was just like, But what are the prices? And he goes, You're not from around here, are you? And Did to he which my response, say that? Yes. <laughs> Did he actually say that? He actually Holy said shit! that. And I was just like, Am I asking something strange or like, is this just a thing that Boston, where they don't have their beer prices it, listed on the menu? It's like, it's like that's
3: such a a dipshit thing to say that I feel like he felt on the spot by your question, and like the only possible way he could play this off without just like shrugging <laughs> his shoulders and saying my job is very stupid, is to just like put it back on you and hope that you blink first. <laughs>
2: I was definitely taken aback, that's for sure, because I was not expecting that. God, uh, what a, but what a really but was abrasive like, trip you had. Yeah, and like also he was like, these are the beers we don't have. This one, this one, like half the list. And he's like, yeah, between PAX and the Children's Museum. And I'm like, yeah, the Children's Museum, I'm sure is just raking in the beer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, that's where all the parents go after.
2: I um, know, after. yeah. A day yeah, then,
0: yeah. with their kids and the children's museum.
3: Yeah, you know what I loved The science of sound room, where you could press the buttons to make all the animal noises. It's my favorite. You got anything above 10 ABV?
0: I cannot believe how bad Anthem's interface is. Holy shit, I don't know what I'm doing
2: oh yeah i'd imagine well i know in new york it's definitely a thing where it's like you have to ex- like exchange money in a transaction as quickly as possible and like people don't have time to explain shit to you in in restaurants in new york which is why i will never eat in new york ever because they'll be way too scared to order anything because i won't be fast enough
0: i can't even remember the last time i was at new york like like
1: probably 10 years ago i've been to the newark airport which has windows that overlook new york and i saw it and i pointed and and went there's where the avengers live and then i left (laughs) uh last time i was at newark i don't think the avengers was out yet so the avengers have lived in new york since like the 60s
0: i know but nobody cared about them before the avengers marvel movie
3: that's accurate yeah Nobody gave a shit about the Avengers before the movie. I didn't give a shit about the
0: Avengers. Spider-Man lived in New York. Yeah, that's true. Didn't they have a thing, like, in the late 90s where Spider-Man was, like, old and living between the the
1: Twin Towers? Are you thinking of the trailer for the first film? I don't know. (laughs) New York
3: City is easy. You just find Pizza Rat and strike a bargain, says Sarkhan.
2: Who knows if he's still alive? The other rats probably ganged up on him for his meat.
0: (laughs) So, um, we've got a second topic today that maybe we can move into, um, unless there's anything else you guys want to add? No, go ahead. I I
2: could talk. I could go on and on about Pat. (laughs) I could go on and on, and I could rant about each person who irritated me, because there's a whole bunch of them. But we won't go in.
0: You were sending me so, like l- play-by-play coverage while it was happening.
2: I couldn't believe it. Some of the things I was I was gobsmacked at the behaviors. Oh, and the other thing, one other thing. So everyone was like, "It's so cold," and like they're walking around in like fur parkas and shit. I walked in in tank top. <laughs> I walked around no coat, no hoodie. I was like the only one with bare arms and it was great. And I was no one challenged me. But if someone was like, Aren't you cold? Which is something people do a lot to girls who walk outside with less clothing. Um, and I was gonna say, I'm Canadian bitch, and I was ready to say that, but no one no one <laughs> fronted me. You um, had a bar. It was ready. It was on, my, yeah. It was on my quick bar. But then I was gonna say, "Oh, what do I say if there's a kid around?" And I never figured it out. So I was glad <laughs> no one said it because <laughs> there were a fair amount of kids. So I was like, "I don't want to say pitch in <laughs> front of a kid," <laughs> but I still want to be impactful. And I didn't know how to do that without swearing. So that shows you where I'm at. Okay, I'm done I with Pat. I,
0: I, I get that a lot. Living in Vegas, where like I go out at like you know it's like 60 degrees, and I'm out in like a. Shorts and a T-shirt, and people are like, "Aren't you cold?" And it's like, well, kinda, I guess, but I grew up in Pennsylvania, among other places that are significantly colder. On, oh average. yeah.
2: And the thing is, is, like, what do people gain from even pointing that out? If you are cold, yeah, they're not helping you. Thanks for if reminding not, me. They're also not helping you. Or just like, especially when they do it to club girls, because it's like it's your fucking stupid beauty standards that force us to wear these idiot clothes with no, like, to the club and you won't let us in with warmer clothes, so what the fuck are we supposed to do? Don't blame us. Anyway. Yeah. So what was Did that? you say so, that? Um, yeah. I, I... I know, right? I'm, I'm
0: paying attention to several different things at once.
2: Come on, Josh. You're a streamer. You gotta keep up with the, you know, this and the that.
0: <laughs> Shout out our sponsors. Yeah, all the all the people who want to sponsor this show.
3: Say so, what. Would you like sponsor- to get a Squarespace website? This stream is sponsored by Beniable Assets, the new <laughs> cyberpunk role-playing <laughs> oh, is, game, you, are, available what's on What's the marketing Kickstarter. budget
0: on your, on your thing? Because I'm gonna, like, there needs to be some recompense here uh thus far i have zero
3: dollars
0: all right that's acceptable
3: tell you what uh for free i will let you complain anytime about the household appliance of your choice
1: no don't no never (laughs) again this is a
3: setup so what's that other topic again
0: yeah, so um you, you might have noticed we're playing Anthem for this stream, which is not a game that I enjoy playing, so uh decided to be more topical than uh particularly interesting. Also because my second choice was to play more Sekiro and the quick look that we did is not up yet, so it would be weird to preempt that.
2: Oh. Uh, by the way, that's
0: happening tomorrow.
2: Very excited because that's all that was I a lot didn't of fun. Even know that.
0: Um. Yeah. So on Tuesday. Um. Well, actually, well, we should maybe talk about like this game launched. Uh. What a month ago now. Uh, and, Pretty disastrously. And and it has been a complete well, clusterfuck. Um.
1: It, it, like it depends on when you count it launching. Given that it had about four <laughs> release dates of various. Yeah, there various was that. Stages. And uh,
0: and and like everybody that. I was talking to before this game came out and was like potentially interested in it, like you, Chris, uh Gwen from Discord, like everybody's draw like just bounced off of this real fucking hard. Nobody wants to play it. Um and you know, for for good reason. Um, and and, and there's this got like a 55 on Metacritic. Like this is a an unmitigated disaster for Bioware, like way bigger than what happened with uh with Andromeda.
1: Is it Yeah, Andromeda um,
0: just
3: nobody cared
1: about. I, I, I mean feel like, like Andromeda, Andromeda had, had had drama.
0: Yeah, it had drama, but like it, you know, it, it was like a seventy something on Metacritic. It had a lot of, you know, memes about the facial animation going on, which always annoyed me because I thought the facial animations in Inquisition weren't great either, but nobody ever talked about that. Um you, but you know and, what it, and was? it did end up getting Like, all the DLC got cancelled, but... You know what it was? Andromeda
3: had apologists. Like, for all the people who thought that Andromeda was just, like, Garbo, and it was a lot of people, and you know, the people making fun of, like, the screenshots and, like, the the storyline, there were people who were really passionate about Andromeda, and they kind of balanced things out into, like, where you could kind of be like, okay... It's 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 garbage, but it's somebody's garbage. Nobody's really passionate about Anthem except the people whose PS4s were
0: ripped by it. I, I think there's there's some degree of like uh, in the in the Anthem subreddit there up until this week was a lot of like, I mean, is it really that bad? You know, like, like a lot of like what felt like sunk cost stuff to me. Um, I spent sixty bucks on it, so it better be at least decent. Um, but like like you know after launch it's not just that this game doesn't play very well that the menus are bad that there's the loot system isn't all that compelling it's like it it was not going more than a few days without some big problem there there was a bit there where like the people discovered that the damage numbers were straight up lying to you and that there was like like the level scaling was based on the gear you had equipped so it turned out that the best gun in the game to use was the first one at level 1 and that like even even at max level like you just wanted to use that gun
2: yeah.
0: um you know there there've been issues with the the loot um like being tweaked and then like like you know like they had a thing where the loot was like really good and then they they fixed it to lower the the loot drops which you know, on top of all the other problems this game has, like, you know, making the loot less interesting and more grindy was not something they wanted to do. There's just been a ton of problems. It really has not gone a week without some kind of disastrous news
1: coverage. Like, burying the Tomb's Quest, uh, I, I think a little bit towards the end of the game didn't help either, because it went about three days until people collectively all started hitting that really hard and realizing how bad yeah. that quest was. And they've, yeah. they've fixed that was it was the, That's the it...
0: one where where you it was just padding right um yeah you just had to go and do a bunch of like challenges to open three doors
1: right it was it was you need to do random video game challenges to open three doors but the three challenges didn't count or didn't start counting until you reached the level where you could could theoretically have opened those three doors so you needed to play the entire story mode get to the point where you could uh, trigger the quest and then once the quest is triggered then you could find out oh i need to revive 15 teammates and i need to you know, spend, you know, find whatever other random resource items are in this map or whatever it was. It was a bunch of stuff like that. It was basically collectathons, but they didn't start counting until after you got to the door. They fixed it since you now are immediately able to see what those collectathons are and you can start doing them as soon as you're in the game. So you may have a significant number of them done by the time you get to the level where you're able to open the doors. Um, yeah. but, but before it was just sort of like you have played through the main story now stop and go do random crap. And people did not take kindly to that.
3: Um, you know, for I, will gameplay say, I, will
1: pretty-
3: I will say this, like, if you take a game like Fallout 76, you could watch somebody play that for five minutes and be like, wow, this game looks like a piece of shit. Uh, yeah, I've been watching this stream and, you know, Josh says it's not very fun to play and I believe him, but I, I, if somebody told me this was fun to play, I believe him.
0: I, I mean, it's not
3: miserable,
0: but it does sure. feel a lot like, like, a lot of the stuff in this game feels very much like they were not paying any attention to any of the other looter shooters that happened after, you know, that, well, Josh, that happened in the last, like, five years. Josh, um, this isn't the
1: loot shooter. This is something else.
0: Which brings us to this week, uh, on Tuesday, uh, Kotaku published a an 11,000-word article by... um. And I really regret Jason not Schreier. looking up how to pronounce this game's name, this this guy's name first, because yeah, but Jason is, is it Jason Schreier? 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 I don't know. Um, that guy who what does all the other you know big leak uh, articles. Um, like he wrote a similar thing about um, Mass Effect. Andromeda. Um, it's beast. a it's a meticulously researched um sort of post mortem um set of interviews with um like a, i think you said like something like a dozen like and a half uh bioware developers who had worked on the project at one point or another um about like how it was conceived what went wrong you know why why it feels like this game has just no idea what it wants to be and doesn't seem aware of, uh, you know, all the games that have been, you know, all the looter shooters that have come out in the past five years, especially Destiny. Um, And, and the result is um, uh, that, that, like, the management of the, the project was literally telling people, you know, don't talk about Destiny, don't compare this game to Destiny, compare it to Diablo 3. Um, and this, this article has basically just, I, I almost want to say, like, this might be the, the death throes of this game, uh, like, basically, summarize the article in case you haven't read it, um, you should go uh, read it, by the way. Anthem started in, uh, 2012, I believe Anthem, uh, pre-production, you know, v- brainstorming phase started in, uh, about 2012, um, after the team that did Mass Effect under Casey Hudson was basically done with that. Um, and they were originally envisioning a game that was always going to be an online multiplayer game. Um, they're originally envisioning a game that, was not really a looter shooter, but was instead a set of thing where, like, you're you're on this hostile alien planet that's got crazy stuff going on, and you go out and you try to survive as long as you can with your friends, and you meet all these like, you know, procedurally generated uh,
2: threats like big storms and, that would pop monsters. up. Yeah.
0: Um. And they they worked on that for a while, and then uh, in 2014, I think Casey Hudson left Bioware, and this left the team it in sort of a a a crossroads where like nobody really stepped up to take his place so um according to the developers that were working on it at the time like they the the directors just would have a bunch of meetings where they'd debate stuff about like oh what are we doing with this game what is this going to look like and then just like not make any decisions and uh this apparently carried on until i think what was it like christmas 2015 um where they put together a a sort of vertical slice demo of what they had at the time, and the and the um, then uh, CEO of EA at the time, uh, Patrick Soderlund, uh, got his hands on the demo and said like, "What is this? This is garbage." Um, it was basically it was like Christmas twenty sixteen on a farm. Christmas okay, Christmas twenty sixteen. So this game had already been in development for like three or four years at that point, and. And it was basically just a, a basic demo where you could run around a farm and, like, shoot stuff. And he was just like, this is... No, there's not much here. What's going on with this? Uh, and the team spent a couple of months scrambling to put together a new um, sort of vertical slice thing. And uh, to give you an idea of how hard it was for them to nail down this game, like, they they were currently at a point where they had originally had flying, and... Uh, they had taken it out and put it back in, and taken it out a couple times. And at this point, it was like not in the design of the game. But they decided to put flying in the game because that would make this vertical slice demo stand out, and you know, hopefully, wow um, the CEO. Sure. And it did. So, so that's how they decided that flying was in Anthem. Um, and I, I think it was interesting reading like the the debates that are exp- are mentioned in that article about. Um, Like, why they were taking flying out of the game um, quite often was, like, you know, well, it makes it so that you're just kind of skipping around the scenery and, like, not really paying too much attention to it. And, like, there are bits in the part of this game that I played where, like, yeah, this might have been a lot more interesting if I were, like, actually
1: traversing this scenery in any meaningful way rather than just flying through it. Well, the, um, fact the, the fact that the fact flying itself is purely traversal. I mean, there's a couple, like, hang in the yeah. air and shoot moves, but you, it is not an aerial combat game. It is you fly around to move around and maneuver, and then you land and you're playing Gears of War. Um, it's it's really not a game about aerial combat. And as a result, yeah, you just end up flying from place to place, and, and flying is just a, a means of transport. Um, one other thing, um, I think, to bring up during this era of, of the article, this time frame for Bioware, was that... Uh, they had added and removed flying a couple times, but what was pointed out in the article was that each time you change the movement mechanics, you needed to completely rechange the world map because suddenly now flying is no longer an yeah. issue or suddenly now there's a some other movement mechanic. They they don't specify what movement movement mechanics they had, but imagine it's a super high jump or maybe grappling. I think climbing was the one they did reference that for a while it was like a climbing stamina thing. Um, every time you change the the mechanic, you have to completely scale and change the world map so that the areas that are supposed to be traversable are traversable. The areas that aren't are not. Uh, you need to, to you know change all the art assets, move everything around, keep everything within poly count levels so you don't drop frames and get frame rate issues. It is a major ordeal to be changing around uh, uh, um, the, the movement mechanic set. Granted, this is in a vertical slice. The game wasn't in production yet, but... It's still it's still non-trivial if you're talking about even even like an hour and a half of, of vertical slice gameplay or something.
0: Yeah. Um, also, something little... that cropped up uh, during this time period was uh, the decision to put the game on the Frostbite engine, which, if you've been paying attention to anyone talking about the Frostbite engine for the past several years, uh, if you're not DICE, you probably don't like the Frostbite engine, and it caused a lot of problems. Like, they... Like the Inquisition devs had to implement a save system into the engine because it didn't have one. Um and they decided that um because they wanted this game to be different from the standard fair bioware stuff, they weren't gonna take the stuff that was in Inquisition and use the already developed codebase for that to as a as a template for this game. So they ended up deciding to do it all over again which i believe also happened to some extent with andromeda um which is why all the facial animations in that game are are were like just broken and uh um, go ahead well it, it paints this very like uh disturbing picture of like the the directors being really kind of isolated from what was going on in the development um, and, you know, not really taking any of the developers' concerns seriously. A lot of, like, studio infighting going on um, between different teams that were being brought in to work on the game. Um, And it got to the point in 2017, going up to E3, where they were um, going to announce the game at E3, and, like, they basically put together that E3 demo, in like, like, how fast was that put together? I don't remember the exact specifics in the article, but it was, like, really quickly, and, like, pretty much just had to make decisions on, like, okay, here's what the game is gonna be. I wanna say six months. Put that demo together, and... And they actually changed the name of the game, like, three days before that EA trailer... Like, that trailer's, um was shown and originally the name the game was named beyond which I'm not sure I'd say that's a good name but I don't think anthem is a good name either
1: well um, it, it it the reason it, it was The reason they dropped it uh, from being Beyond is that there were trademark issues with it. It's a pretty generic name, and it's used in a lot of things. Uh, They were worried about protecting that trademark, so they decided not to go with it. However, it did reflect the game's original intent, which was you would be all living in the city, and your goal would be to go beyond. Go beyond the wall of the city and live in the beyond for as long as you can and gather resources for the city and survive as long as you can, and then come back. Um, And the little Jaeger robot suits would let you do that, and that was the whole game they were trying to make. Um and then they just changed the name from Beyond to Anthem, and nobody really had yeah. any idea what Anthem meant at the time, according to the article.
0: Yeah, they they later
1: justified it with like a, oh, there's the Anthem of Creation that's messing up the world. Um, it's it's like it's like the the light from from Destiny, the Traveler's light, but yeah. it's not Destiny, so it's not that.
0: um and so pretty much immediately after this this trailer goes out and apparently like like some of the developers watching this trailer was like oh okay so that's what our game is like that's the level of of confusion that was going on and then um they they immediately jumped into production and they said like this game has to be out by March 2019 we are not letting you delay it any further the the release date the original release date they had was like i, I want to say like October fall like 2018 which everybody knew they were gonna make it, and it got delayed until February. And and they just basically entered this crazy um soul-grinding crunch for, like, 18 months, and they brought the Andromeda devs on, um because they had just finished Andromeda and Andromeda had just been a, a big disastrous failure and basically all the DLC on that game had got canceled. They brought the Andromeda devs in, which I feel really bad for those guys cuz they they basically got out of the ashes of a burning building and then jumped into a, bur- a building that had just started to catch fire. You know, like going from the crunch yeah, from the end of that game to the Yeah, this isn't even talking about the like yeah like
2: the morale of like not of like constantly coming up with ideas, but no one approves any of them like and no one can come to a decision, so you're just spinning your wheels and hoping it turns out like that's just like horrible
0: yeah the the common reframe they had was with um it's apparently been the case in bioware for a long time is that um I don't know what happened with the camera there is there's that uh the, you know even even with uh you know it, it might look bad now but eventually um you know Bioware, you're gonna pull through The Bioware magic will take effect and um See, everything will be fine in the end
1: i i have mixed feelings on that statement because you can kind of read it two ways right because there's the way you read it which is it's dismissive of crunch and it's basically like it doesn't matter that i'm not coming up with a plan for what we're building now because i have faith in you guys to put in the 18 or the you know 80 hour weeks for the next uh 2 years until something great comes out the other end i have faith in you guys and that's that's screwed up but but the reality is if you talk to pretty much any game developer games don't congeal until like the last 6 months anyway like crunch or no yeah. crunch Everything's kind of a giant mess with things with systems kind of disparate, and even if they're functional, they're functional apart from other things. Levels aren't done, assets aren't done. It doesn't, fe- it doesn't start feeling like a finished game until the last year or so anyway. So there's, I think, maybe something to that notion that's universal, but then also is it meant as like, you know, I, I don't care if we have to crunch the, our, our company's magic and you guys will just make, make a thing happen out of nowhere. So, um, and, and the, uh, the
0: development during that crunch cycle was apparently like really terrible people like having to, a lot of people going on basically what they called stress leave, where you just take three months off cause you just can't handle it. And you're having a mental breakdown. Um, and, and we kind of like, I think we kind of saw this and didn't really know what was going on exactly with like a lot of like, mid-level and high-level names in Bioware left the company in, like, 2017-2018. Um, you can, tr- sort of you can see the pattern now. There was a huge yeah. attrition rate. Yeah. Like, who who even still works at Bioware that, that, like, anybody even knows? Like, aside from Casey Hudson, like, I think Carpishin left again, and I think Gator left.
1: I don't know anybody at Bioware anyway i'm not helpful in this conversation um and
0: you know you'd have like directors basically like y- you would bring up a a problem with the game and then you'd have the directors just pay no attention to it
1: um well no well that was the other thing right like um the, the right. team in austin were the team that had shipped uh, uh knights of the old republic so they had done online work before. Republic, yeah. Or, yeah, sorry, not Knights of the Old Republic. Star Wars, the Old Republic, the MMO, the Star Wars MMO that isn't Galaxies. And um, basically, yeah. they had experience doing uh, big, epic, multiplayer storytelling. And they they were willing to offer their advice to the company and be like, look we've been here we, we've seen what happened the the version the thing the article cites is somebody said like look we know what it's like when you're trying to do a single player story with multiple players and all your friends are rushing up ahead and we're running you through the story because all your friends are running to the boss and you want to sit here and listen to the dialogue between the two characters and then you get teleported to where your friends are because the boss fight's about to start we've done that stuff it's yeah. annoying we know how it's going to upset players and they were basically ignored And they were like D- don't worry we've got this we're the and adults hey, that's in, the in this game yeah, that it is very much in this game. It was one of the main complaints when it came out was that like if you are not right where everybody is, it'll be like you're too far from the party and teleport you forward. Um, yeah, it, it's just it's just a complete. I mean, the thing that drives me nuts the the two most galling things to me in that article were aside from the crunch, which is just a universal problem in in games. Um, the two things that drove me nuts were one, the fact that it was like 2017 when the game went into full development, which is less than two years from its release, which is shocking for a game like of f- this
0: scale. four and a uh,
1: half years after it started pre-production. Like that's not normal to have like that short of it, that long of a pre-production time. And then that short of a full-on production time for a game that's supposed to be an ongoing live franchise game that, you know, lasts a long time. Uh, the other thing that, that sort of freaked me out. Um, what was the other thing? Now I've lost my train of thought. Damn it, Josh. Well, I'll come back to it when I remember it because there was one other Oh, I remember. Um, (laughs) Sorry. Um, No, the fact that they wouldn't recognize, they wouldn't accept input from experts in the field they were clearly making a game in, whether that was from uh, Bioware Austin and who had done things like this before. They refused to learn from Destiny. And it's the same sort of hubris that you saw with uh, Fallout 76 where uh, Bethesda themselves have very little experience building a multiplayer game and really didn't seem to to take any lessons from anyone else doing anything about it and it just it's shocking to me when when that happened
2: well and uh, to expand on that whole like austin versus whatever it seemed like it's it shocked me how much of the rivalry there was between the studios and like what kind of company culture they were setting up where people had this idea that like you know, Edmonton is this, and Montreal is this, and Austin is this. Like, that's so toxic and horrible, like, to have your work environment being around this, like, tiered dev system.
1: But it seems to be endemic to EA, and here's where we have to stop talking about uh, BioWare having issues and start talking about EA as a greater whole, because uh, there's also reports in that article about how BioWare was forced to use the Frostbite engine by Peter... Yeah. Was it Patrick Soderlund? Uh, Peter Patrick? I can't remember. Patrick. But Patrick Soderlund, who used to work for DICE, um, who are the people who made the engine. So the guy who used to work for DICE is telling the people that now report to him, you have to use my old buddy's engine. And it's an engine that's really not fit for purpose. And... BioWare basically ended up last in line whenever they had technical problems with it because uh, FIFA were also being told to use it and uh, Madden, I think, what, some other big budget game was being forced to use it. Yeah. And uh, those games sell way more than even very successful BioWare titles. Like you think, oh yeah, Mass Effect sells you know, millions of copies. Madden and FIFA they, it's, sell it's millions worse. of copies.
0: According to the article, they actually took experienced BioWare devs off of uh, Anthem and moved them over to um, FIFA because FIFA needed help with the, the frostbite stuff. Like in the middle of all this, like, no, it's, it's, it's nuts. Like the, the level of mismanagement is crazy. Um,
1: and this is also right after EA uh, had Battle, not Battlefront, but the other, the unannounced, was it even announced? That other Star Wars game kind of imploded on the, itself. Vis- the game that like, Visceral
2: oh, yes, was working yeah. on,
1: that, and they shut down Visceral. So EA just seems to be having some serious managerial issues in terms of, like, everybody's being forced to use this one engine that is completely not fit for purpose. And I say that not because, like, you know, I don't like fr- Frostbite. I don't care. I think it, it's pretty. I like I like Battlefield games. I say that because every report I've heard from every developer that's used it says it's terrible. Like, I really hate when game journalists and pundits talk about game engines because, like... I, I I do programming during the day, so I, I don't like talking about technical things if I can't speak to the technical parts themselves. But I will listen to the people that do, as a result of their job, right. have to deal with the technical stuff. And when the people like uniformly, because this was a problem in in Mass Effect Andromeda, it's been a problem here. Uniformly, people say this engine is a great engine for first person shooters. If you have uh, if you're if you're dice, if you're anyone else trying to do anything else with it, it's kind of a nightmare. And uh, I have to listen to that, and because the results speak for themselves.
0: Yeah. Um and, and you know like the thing is like the takeaway I got from this article, um, is like it's it's not just one company like like you look at this article and you look at the article about um you know Andromeda and you look at the um, Rockstar the, the, the problems with with Rockstar and Red Dead Two you look up you look at the uh, you know uh the tangentially related like issues at at Riot Games with um sexual harassment um and and just like the games industry the triple a games industry just looks more and more like it's just fundamentally broken like management is not being properly trained and i'm not even sure anyone has any idea what management is supposed to really look like for these things um you know like crunch is just like getting worse and worse Uh, and it's occurring to like more and more people now because obviously the games industry is much larger Um, and and we're producing these games that are just like falling apart at the seams like
2: and killing like like the creatives that are
0: really behind
2: a lot of the magic that comes from game development
0: we're just we're grinding a bunch of creative people into a pulp and just destroying their lives to make yeah. this thing.
1: Anthem. The one where the guys fight the big was it is that an Ava? It looks like an Ava. <laughs> not not an Ava, but you know what I mean. One of the one of the angels they fight.
3: I'm sure for the most part when you get like ground up and spat out by a company that you that you cared about. Uh, to make something. You don't really care how well it reviews, but surely there must be at least a little additional sting, like, coming onto the internets and seeing that it got a 55 on Metacritic and everyone
1: thinks it's a dull waste of time. No, I mean, this, this I... was a thing that came up around Red Dead, right, where people were, like, there were people that worked on Red Dead that were frustrated that, like, it was getting lower reviews because of the labor issues when they were like, yeah, I, I hated the crunch and that needs to change, but also, like, I think I made a 10 out of 10 game. And it's a complicated issue. Um, Right. But but I think the responses to it are going to vary based on what your own personal thresholds for that kind of thing are.
0: I mean, I, I think it's also important to point out that, like... Like, the stuff around Red Dead sounded almost as bad. It's just that Red Dead happened to turn out to be... I won't make a judgment on whether or not it was good. It didn't sound like a game I wanted to play, so I didn't play it. Um... It, it, but like, like it's got a ninety something on Metacritic. Everybody liked it, so like, I guess uh, whatever. Um, there was a people was forgot a about in the, that the, real
2: fast. Even yeah, there was with a point the, article in the article coming where, like,
0: out. where where a developer just straight up said like, it, you know, in the end, we wished that um, Dragon Age Inquisition had failed because it suffered from a lot of these labor issues, but you know, because it worked, because it came out, and, like, you know, there were some problems with it, but it was pretty well received and sold well. Like, it was telling Bioware, like, yeah, this is okay. Or even like look at, like, the
2: recent... Oh, like, go, sorry, did go ahead. the same
0: thing for Rockstar. Like, you know, yeah, there's big labor issues, but you know what? At the end of the day, we made a ton of fucking money, and it it's a great big critical
2: success. I was gonna say, like, it's not just... we. We're not even talking about um, eastern devs and like everyone was also really quick to forget the whole Sakurai um, stuff coming out after Smash where he was like I something he left the hospital the early or he was like yeah, yeah I the IV connected the yeah. IV and like we like what is the actual cost of what was the cost of Smash Ultimate what's the cost of Mario games what's like you know that's the stuff you don't see so I can't imagine. Or,
0: you know, there were similar complaints about um crunch and low pay and stuff like and you know, like just grinding up developers with um CD Project Red and uh um yeah. Witcher 3. But The Witcher 3 is a critical darling, so nobody talks about that, you know. And, and the same thing with Cyberpunk it when rug. it
2: comes out. Yeah. Everyone's well, going to forget good- about the horrible social media and the Whatever, because it's, it's, like, so hyped.
1: It's it's interesting that this seems to stick more to bad games, and I, th- I think that is a problem. I think everyone is very happy to be like, yeah, they suffered, but they suffered for their art and made an amazing game called Red Dead Redemption or, or Witcher 3. Whereas, you know, Anthem comes out or, or even something like, like, I gar- I can't guarantee you, but I, I, I would make a very strong assumption that given the state that fallout 76 released in it was crunched towards the end given that it was basically pull it out of the fires and throw it in front of people yeah. as soon as possible um so i don't we haven't heard anything there's nothing official but it would not surprise me in the least um, but yeah like it, it's it seems like these sorts of things stick more easily to games that that people are going like that's a bad game Oh, and then and then the other toxic thing is the the story of atonement you atonement you get right like um the the, the other toxic flavor of this is where like uh, hello games right basically killed themselves getting uh um no no man's sky not just out the door but then spending a year completely reinventing it to be what everybody apparently wanted it to be and everyone, they they think it's a good thing. They think, you know, they've redeemed themselves to the gamers, and I think that is its own yeah. flavor of Toxic. Because they've done a tremendous amount of work in that game over, like, a year and a half or something.
0: I think the the silver lining, I guess, of the cloud here is that um, finally, for probably the first time ever, um, people are really seriously like developers at GDC are really seriously talking about unionization, mm-hmm. um, which is the way to fix these problems.
1: Like capitalism is not going to get rid of crunch. See, I, I wonder, like I, I support the effort to unionize uh, just in general, but right. I wonder unionization and organization takes time. Um, I wonder if the lifespan of AAA games is is less than it the time it's going to take to to organize.
0: What do you mean by that? You mean like, oh, we would get all all ready to organize and then the game comes out and we get fired anyway? Is that what you mean? Or
1: no, 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 not not a specific game, but just like part of the problem is that it's it's these giant. Ever increasing in scope, uh, mega million projects that are a huge gamble. And if they win, you theoretically could make trillions of dollars. And if you lose, you're out hundreds of millions. And all it takes is a couple of losses to to totally, you know, result in serious serious problems. They're they're trying to fix it with all these you know, games as a service games. And maybe that's maybe that's the level of life support that uh, the lifeline that AAA games get like. They become Google uh, Stadia games that that basically just become giant Skinner boxes to give you more loot boxes to unlock. But I don't know how the $60 game, standalone purchase game, survives the next five years uh, or ten years. Like, its days are numbered. I don't know. I mean,
0: like, I, I wouldn't say that's necessarily a problem of, like oh, suddenly AAA games are too expensive. I think that's more a problem of like people seeing what you can do, you know, in the mobile space with uh, gotcha games, you know, with what um, games like Destiny are trying to do and going like, oh, wow, if we just made all our games as a service, think of how much more money we could make as shareholders. Um, Oh, totally. Like, I don't think that's a that's a thing of like, oh, if we just wanted to make a AAA, you know, $60 game, we couldn't do it anymore because it's just too expensive. It's the incentive is to just continue to milk as much money as possible and use your super loot boxes and, um, you know, use a bunch right, of, think of gambling, think of... basically gambling, but not gambling, uh, you know, tactics to get money out of people.
1: But... Of um, of the like... games that do that and work, how many of them are shaped like a AAA $60 boxed product that has characters and NPCs and a story, and how many of them look like Fortnite, and how many of them look like Apex Legends, games that probably cost a fraction of what it costs to develop, you know, Anthem. Not that Anthem, or not that Apex Legends is, like, cheap, it's still a multi-million dollar game, easily, but it doesn't look like it costs as much as this looks like it costs.
0: Yeah, I don't know, um... I mean, it probably didn't cost as much as this game cost, but you know, um, like, I, I don't, I don't think that we're necessarily going to see like this kind of game go away, or, or you know, or, or single player, you know, story games go away, because oh, I no. think there is a demand for that. Totally.
1: Um, like,
0: if if and, that you know, if that was. No, 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 no! You continue. I was gonna. Like, I was gonna say if
1: it was true that the David Cage it. wouldn't keep getting like look at the detail on those stairs. I mean, I know yeah. you're past them because you're 30 seconds in the future. It's, but like, it's... what? Look, go back to the stairs at the bottom of the stairs and look up at them. I, the fact that the center of them are warped because that's where people would be walking is like just a gorgeous little detail that shows you a sense of erosion in in the actual way that people would use this built use this staircase. Um, it's something that actually happens in in very very old environments. I I, I love that detail. And that's the amount of effort they're putting into the non-social area that you just walk in around alone. <laughs> so, yeah, I like it, it's, it's expensive. I
0: don't, I, yeah, it's expensive. I just, I'm not sure. I, I totally understand your point. Um, like, I, I don't think we're going to see expensive games going away. Um, just because, like you know, there the, there's a whole expectation for for there to be the big games like this or like Destiny or or you know, look at Uber Assassin's Church Creed still.
2: Yeah, like that's still very successful. And like
0: Assassin's Creed has a monetization system in it. You know, you can go well, and buy skins, mm-hmm. and they've got the whole premium currency and all that. You know, like like I I think the the future is just going to be more games that look like that.
1: Anyway, I've, I've derailed us. Back to the uh, back to the article.
0: But but I but I do think that like, you know, the I I wonder if this is going to turn out to be like the watershed moment that like really makes a lot of developers think seriously about like, hey, maybe we should like organize and like get a union and start collective bargaining to like fix this shit.
2: It's definitely I, I like getting people talking and like Bioware saying that like articles shouldn't exist like that is also really troubling and like not like, it's just, that's just, it shows like the industry resistance
0: to this kind of, yeah.
2: And it just, it concerns me because we've been having such like an anti journalistic rhetoric lately and like in general and it's, it puts people under threat when when game devs come out and say, like, this is the way people need to uh, engage with our media, and this is the way fans should be engaging with, you know, well, I should say, and our product, too. And that's just so wrong, and, like, you would never, you would never see that, like, in any other way. Like, could you imagine if someone was like, you have to watch this movie this way? Or, like... Right. You know what I mean? It's like...
0: Like, imagine anyone in the film industry acting like that.
2: Yeah. Or, like, read the book this way or whatever. Maybe some authors do that. I don't know. But it's creepy and it needs to stop. I just worry that, like, we're going to stop talking about this in five years. Like, like Gamergate, where we say we need to do something and then no one does anything. Like...
0: I mean, I yeah. think the, the ultimate outcome of that was, like, the birth of legitimate political movements that uh, have not been great. Um, and I, I the other thing I'm wondering about, like, as the outcome of this article is, like, that, that this was published now. Anthem has still not really gotten back on its feet. It's lost a lot of players just from you know the other problems it's had and now this comes out like i do wonder if this game is just dead like does, I mean, does at what point does ea decide like okay actually you know what we're pulling the plug here
1: I, first of all I, I don't think they they can completely pull the... they're not going to shut down the servers it's it, it's too cheap just to keep they'd piss too many people right, off right but like do- you know really just sh-
0: just defund the uh um you know the year one plans and just you know quietly kind of sunset I mean, it in the way that like that you know stuff, drive club got sunsetted or
1: that stuff's got to be in the middle production right now anyway i would imagine that you would yeah. like to see that you know cut your losses after projects that haven't already received funded or funding or had you know things that aren't in full production um I can't imagine that they would cut funding for the the DLC they've already promised that people have already paid for. I think isn't there like I'm sure there's a, a season pass or whatever. I'm I'm sure they sell that. I don't um,
0: know. I don't remember the the like this thing had a lot of problems with like there's 90 different versions of the game that you can buy.
1: Well, that's why I, I have no idea what's available for it. I just know I got whatever came with the EA thing. Um, yeah. I. I don't know. I I don't know if they cut their losses. I, I, I really, I really... I also think that, if we're being brutally honest, um, the, the reach of the very online video gamer is not nearly as far as the number of people that it would take to actually support a game like this. Um, so, as much as this is a really huge watershed moment for people who pay attention to this sort of thing... It's it's yeah. Thursday for the people that are just like I'm going to go home and level up some more in Anthem and and they don't they don't go on Kotaku, they don't keep abreast of industry news. They just they buy their two or three games a year and this happened to be one of them and yeah, maybe it's not as good as the other ones, but I like grinding. It's fine. It's pretty. And and then that's it. I, and they wait for the next Fallout or Call of Duty or whatever. Um I that, actually that know somebody a, who
3: I want to say they got this game free when they got their video card.
0: That yeah, it's in a lot of video card packages right now.
3: Yeah, he, and he tried it, and he like didn't know anything about it beforehand. Tried it out, then uh, just kind of like, "Hey, do you want this game?" I was just kind of <laughs> like, "No, I really don't."
1: So I, I don't know if it's a watershed moment in terms of killing Anthem. Um, I think I think. Anthem's gonna do, however, it does, which probably still is not gonna be up to EA's expectations. Um, It it is pretty, like God. I do wish that the game lived up to some of these. Yeah, this is the thing that
0: you always say about Frostbite games, though. It's like, man, the Frostbite games—they look really nice. They do.
1: They they suck. The build. That's the thing the engine is good at. Um. But uh, yeah, I I think the game's gonna have whatever audience it's gonna have. I don't think this this article have any impact on that. I do think this article will have an impact, like you were saying, on the general discourse around unionization from people within the industry. Um, It's just yet another data point, just like the layoffs from EA and Activision, just like uh, the stories around uh, Rockstar, just like the stories surrounding everything else we've talked about tonight.
0: And the other thing I wonder is like, ooh, is this this the end of Bioware?
1: I mean, that I I have no idea. Yeah,
3: I mean, I I think it's certainly the end of whatever Bioware existed prior... Previously to the launch of Anthem, the Bioware that created Anthem is not going to make another game.
0: I well, like I, th- I think the like the attrition rates that happened around Anthem. Like it, it wouldn't matter if Anthem turned out to be well received. Most of that Bioware is gone anyway. Um,
3: uh, uh, just update on um, trying to get the uh, Epic Games launcher working. I uh, I downloaded the exe. It immediately downloaded an update, and then it said the update failed to install.
1: i i i don't know i i don't think i don't think it's necessarily the end of of i think the ea that existed in the late 90s early 2000s is a very different ea than today that ea was involved in the consolidation of the entire industry consolidation is largely dead um because everything more or less everybody's owned by somebody at this point not everybody everybody but most developers and i think they outside now know of indie the...
0: studios you know who who do you what what kind of studio can you
1: point to and go like oh that's an independent studio still like there's a handful but it's it's not many um yeah see enemies like this this is the other thing that bothers me about this if, as long as we're talking about the game and i know i'm not supposed to talk about what's going on on screen but you're fighting a <laughs> turret and you're supposed to shoot the thing that's behind the turret and that bothers me because so many of these levels, so many of these enemy encounters seem designed for that style of Bioware, uh, you know, real-time with pause thing, where, like, you order one of your friendos in, Mass- in your Mass Effect party or your Dragon Age party behind them while someone else draws aggro, and you take them on. And it's supposed to be done in multiplayer. But that doesn't really work in single-player. Like, ha- there's no good way to take on an enemy with a shield in this game if you're by yourself. Uh, you can do it. There are ways to do it. Like jumping over them and shooting them in the back and then they turn around and you got to jump over them again and shoot them in the back until they turn around. Yeah. And it's just this tedious nightmare. Uh, or you do what Josh did there, which was circle strafe really, really close to the turret. So you could just kind of shoot the barrel behind it. Um, but like these, these encounters are designed for sort of party based encounters. And, and I don't know, that bugs me as somebody who typically plays destiny alone, except in like raids. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, which is the other thing, like this this game does not have Destiny's level of different types of gameplay. Like it's not like there's story missions, and then an open world like this, I mean there is this open world, um, and then like m- strikes, and then raids, and then all the various other ways, and then a multiplayer DM component. Um, it's, it's just this open world, and then sometimes you can do the open world, or you can do story missions, but they're always with other people.
0: Yeah, um, you know, it's it's disappointing, too, because I got the feeling that, like, especially a couple years before this game came out, but, you know, even up until, like, a month or two before this game came out, like, there were a lot of people who were like, you know, this this is really cool, they were passionate about it, and it just never, it did, it did not crystallize into something that I think is very fun to play, or... or does anything interesting or groundbreaking, you know, um, the, the start of the article starts with an anecdote that like when the game was, was first put into, you know, when the initial project was formed, they codenamed it Dylan as in Bob Dylan, because they wanted to create the Bob Dylan of video games, something that people would talk about 20, 30 years later. And maybe people will, but not for the reasons that they were hoping for, (laughs) So any other thoughts about that article and I will point out that um the the bioware response is is now not totally garbage um uh, the bioware management response that is apparently Casey Hudson uh um sent an internal memo today um like they they had a thing where like apparently all the developers been told like yesterday don't talk to the press which is a great way to get your disgruntled developers to talk to the press um apparently there was an internal memo today that was casey hudson basically saying like yeah you know the the article's got a point um and promising to you know work on fixing it now of course you know if you're like me you're familiar with uh how corporate memos tend to go like that may not materialize into anything that actually fixes anything, but um, the article is kind of a kick in the pants. And, you know, in uh, as much as this game didn't already have a kick in the pants with the way it launched and, you know, being BioWare's 55 on Metacritic.
1: I mean, I, I guess if I had anything else to say about the article, it, it'd be like I wish this is like the the development of this game is what it is, and it it happened the way it happened. I I wish this sort of thing wasn't the only way we ever learned about it. Um, for a couple reasons. Yeah. Uh, one because um, I, I mean, first of all, I'll, I mean, it it is still kind of. Cl- I was surprised to see Schreer Schreer go this close to the game's release with this story. Um, yeah. Yeah, like, like you, I think you and I were both like anticipating
0: something like this happening at some point. Um, but we were both surprised at like, like, wow, this, this is like a month after the game came out,
1: which is almost, almost unfair. I mean, the game has really not been able to even address a lot of its, its, its fixable criticisms, let alone, you know, the realities of its entire development system, which is, which is a real thing it needs to address. Um, the other reason I hate finding out about, about these sort of game stories like this is that like, if, if the only way you find out about what actually happened behind the scenes is um a a journalist probing for what what went wrong on the trash fire game um all you're ever going to get is the worst stories and that's not to say that there's like some amazing benefit to crunch there isn't and that's not to say that like there's some secret awesome cool thing in destiny or destiny in uh, anthem i've I've played it i don't really care for it um but it is to say that like the only things you're going to get people breaking the nda to talk about are are going to be the things that were unbearable, frustrating, and pissed them off. You're not going to get anybody coming forward and breaking NDA to go like, you know what, no, this part of the process actually was really cool. And if so if there is any part of the process or any part of the company that, you know, maybe the art team had it better than than the designers or something, um, we're not going to hear about it because no one's going to want to break NDA to tell us things were cool. People are going to break NDA to say things were bad. And that doesn't invalidate the people saying things are bad, but like, when we're writing the history of games and how this game was made, I wish we had a more balanced view than just like, well, it was crunch hell and nobody knew what the fuck they were doing and it was just a nightmare. Like, all negative all the time. It'd be nice that if we relied less on relying on reporters breaking this stuff and instead had a way to open up about it. And I I know that's me back in my bullshit, but I I do think that's a thing we need.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's just... Like, unfortunately, that's just not going to happen as long as game development stays the way it is, you know, as as big, highly centralized corporate entities with workers that have very little power, you know.
1: Don't kill my dream, Josh. (laughs) All right, I'm done ranting.
0: Yeah, so, you know, it's really disappointing. Um, Like, I, I don't, People might say, like, like you you mentioned, like you know, oh, the Bioware that we knew is gone, but like I I think that happened, uh, not like like a long time ago, and then there's been several iterations of the Bioware that we knew at this point. You know, the Bioware is not the same Bioware that made Dragon Age Origins or Knights of the Old Republic, um, but the, but the Bioware that made Mass Effect three was not the same Bioware that made Mass Effect one or Dragon Age Origins. You know, um, like that's, you know, that's true, but, like, like you know, we're, we've seen yet another attrition of Bioware here, another changeover, and, like, you know, the Bioware that made Dragon Age Inquisition now, I think, is, you know, is, is it's fundamentally different from that. Um, and what that means for future Bioware games, I guess, depends on whether or not the studio gets blown up
2: I'd like to add that I think the article doesn't stress enough of what a difficult task that they set before them when they decided to go with this, because I think that the genre hasn't been perfected yet. I think that Destiny, Warframe, and obviously this game all suffer from a lot of the same problems, and... No. um And Warframe struggles in its own way for, and it hasn't caught on, maybe as much as it's as it should. And I think the same with Destiny as well has their own series of problems. Whoa!
1: Sorry about that. Josh died.
2: (laughs) So I mean, like, this was a huge undertaking, and I think that that's why I think we should be thinking about this. In more of like a no man's sky category, where it's like the ambition was a lot of it a lot a big part of it because just like there's no solutions that exist in the industry at all for these problems in many cases
0: yeah. i i you know I'm starting to think increasingly like this is the case for like pretty much every game that gets developed like there's a lot of just like nobody has any idea what they're doing at this point because games have gotten so big um, and it's, it's so hard to like manage a team of like a thousand people, like, and, and, you know, we, we don't have that thing where like the film industry has been doing, you know, big movies for like a hundred years, you know, they've figured it out. We're kind of starting from scratch and the development cycle for a video game is, is fundamentally different from pretty much any other like entertainment piece of media. You know, like, I, I think it's telling that, like, this is a problem that seems to be infecting uh, more than anyone else, like, AAA studios. You know, like, B studios, smaller studios that are making what would be the equivalent of B movies, you know, like, um, with lower budget stuff, they seem to be alright. Um, and and indie studios, you know, there are problems that indie studios tend to encounter more often than other studios, but, like, you know... It's it's not this kind of like soul crushing corporate grind where like you just have no input at all and you're you know you're making something that like you want to be good but you can see all these problems that the the people way above you just aren't paying any attention to. So any other thoughts on Anthem on the uh, the article on the future of
1: video game development? I think I'm talked out. Yeah. Well, that was bleak.
0: Yeah, great, awesome. I'm glad you guys could all come here for our uh, "Everything is Ruined Forever" podcast. I don't want to play Anthem anymore. <laughs> I'm playing <laughs> Anthem in the background, and and I'm not having fun. <laughs>
2: It honestly looks like you've been doing the same thing for, like, hours. You've been flying up in the I, air, I landing kind of in a group have. of enemies, electrocuting them, then flying away, and then landing somewhere else.
0: Yeah, so I think, um, we're gonna, uh, close out this podcast here. Um, thank you everyone for tuning in. I'm gonna work on doing some sort of audio-only version of this and getting that up at some point. Um, I think we did pretty good of putting it in a a place where I won't have to edit it too much. Um,
2: There's only really a few times where we make reference to the game.
0: Yeah. Um, Tomorrow, that is Friday, uh, there will be a Sekiro Quick Look that is an hour and a half long or so. I'm not sure if I'm going to cut some parts out of it. It's mostly finished, but uh, look forward to that. So yeah, thanks everybody for uh, for showing up, Chris, Alex, Retskarn. No problem. Yeah, it was fun. Let me find the outro music. Here we go. That's it.
2: Yeah, you have to sing
0: it. (laughs) We gotta come up with lyrics. Anthem sucks, and that sucks. Do it like Sorry, the Star, buddy, Star Trek man. theme song. We're the <laughs> <laughs>
2: Not Once enough people have Epoch listened Epoch to Josh sing the Star Trek theme song.
0: We ought to do those again at some point.
2: Oh yeah, said us about everything. Bye everyone. Bye. Bye.